Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and live across the state of Alaska on this your favorite radio station and or FM uh, translator. Hello and good morning, my friends. Welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. And we are kind of ready, kind of ready for the day. Oh, man, I tell you what, um, not quite... Uh, not quite up to speed this morning. <clears throat> not uh, not feeling a hundred percent today, and uh, just trying to bring all my scattered thoughts together to uh, to have a conversation with you about uh, all the stuff that's fit to print around the state of Alaska and what's going on out there and uh, everything else. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the six o'clock club. It's that unofficial club where we. Uh, uh, we celebrate the fact that you guys got out of bed this morning before 7 o'clock to uh, be part of the program, and we appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so coming up on today's program, we've got um, uh, we've got uh, a lot of different headlines from around the state and a lot of different uh, things to talk about. And um, I'm hoping that uh, you'll want to participate <clears throat> on the program uh, today with us as I... Uh, um, again, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to pull it all together and get things ready for the, uh, uh, get things ready for Monday, 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 Monday. Um, okay. Uh, I guess we'll, uh, start just by giving you a brief synopsis of the headlines that we're going to be facing today. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, We'll get ready to go. Yes, I know. Brian says it's bold to assume that we're actually out of bed. I know some of you may not be in bed um, already. You're just listening to me on that road. Do Are there still clock radios? I think I've asked this question before. Um, but are there really still clock radios? Are people sitting there listening to the clock radio? Uh, or is everybody doing it on their smartphone? Uh, just, I'm not, not quite sure how that works anymore, but... Uh, regardless, we are uh, ready to go, and we're going to dive into it with a variety of headlines and discussions. So some of the big things that caught my attention um, over the weekend and, and coming up for this morning show is uh, the headline that a Washington-based conservation group is planning to ask the federal government to list Alaska king salmon under the Endangered Species Act, which would have oh, devastating consequences for uh, personal and commercial um, 
personally used in commercial and sport fishing here in the state of Alaska. We're going to talk a little bit about that and hopefully get uh, get your take on it as well. Now, <clears throat> I'm not much of a fisherman. Um, I, did, <laughs> I did a lifetime's worth of fishing in about 18 months when I was uh, much younger. I worked uh, I worked down out of Kodiak and I was com- I commercial fish there. And pretty much that pretty much cured any interest that I had in fishing for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, it was great, don't get me wrong, but once you've cleaned 50,000 pounds of halibut, you're pretty much you're pretty much um, <laughs> done at that point. Um, I, 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 I appreciate it. So I would look to you as uh, especially the sport fishers of halibut or excuse me of uh, salmon down on the uh, uh, down on the peninsula to give us your hot take on what's going on there. Um, another story is why do the, why do we care what the Alaska GOP uh, announces or does or um, just let's just put it this way. The Alaska Republican Party met in Soldatna on Saturday and they passed a resolution. And to which I ask the general question of with all with all fairness and all hmm, I'm having a hard time with my words this morning. Uh, I guess in all humidity, with no spite, <clears throat> I'm asking, why should we care? Why should we care what the just based on past actions, why should we care? <laughs> so we'll talk about that as well. Also, you know, last week we had a um, we had a what if Wednesday, which uh, we really haven't had one in quite a while, and uh, I've only done a couple here in the last couple of years. Um, but one of the one of the what if scenarios that I threw out there is what if the port of <clears throat> Seattle or Long Beach uh, shut down? And um, lo and behold, that's something that looks like it might be coming to pass. So we'll hit on that as well. Anchorage is trying to deal with their homeless situation. And one of the solutions that they're looking at right now is uh, creating small communities of these modular huts that they're calling uh, pallet homes. Um, They're not actually made out of pallets. That's a brand name. Pallet is a brand name. But uh, it's one of the ways that they're looking at trying to help the homeless population uh, in Anchorage, which has grown substantially and is costing a significant amount of money. I had no idea exactly how much. I mean, I knew that they had a lot of COVID money that they were throwing around, keeping the Sullivan Arena open and everything else. But they threw a number out there that just kind of boggles my mind. Um, And uh, we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, We might talk about the whole uh, trans girls uh, f- banning trans girls from high sc- from girls high school sports teams and um, oh the brown bear mauling there was a br- it was a, a brown bear was a grizzly brown bear I think brown bear 
Brown Bear mauled a hunter uh, on Saturday night, <clears throat> excuse me, east of Sterling, injuring a man before he shot and killed the animal, according to troopers. Sterling resident Nicholas Abram was hunting for rabbits north of the Sterling Highway at mile 73 and a half a little bit after 8 p.m. on Saturday when he came across a brown bear with cubs, according to the troopers. He became aware of the sow uh, when he was about 15 uh, feet from her, the trooper spokesperson said, and she was on him immediately after he became aware of her. He shot her with a 44 Magnum and was able to drive himself to the hospital where he was treated for minor injuries. They uh, investigated the site of the bear mauling, and they did not see any cubs on the site. Um, again, just proof positive that <clears throat> Alaska will kill you if you're not careful. It's just it's absolutely, absolutely um, horrific how quickly the tables can turn on you. And uh, and boy, ooh, baby, it is. Uh, it is a, a hot, hot, and, and and good for him. Good for him. I mean, 15 feet of a brown bear, <clears throat> and uh, and she's on you from zero to just like that. That is a horrific, that's a horrific picture. So good on him for actually being able to, uh, for actually being able to think about it. And again, walked away with apparently minor non-life-threatening injuries. So uh, good for him, but definitely pays to be prepared when you go out there into the wilderness and uh, deal with that. Um, no sign of the Cubs, but uh, I saw that there, there was an article that, uh, where is it? It had such a, it's had such a, a nasty tone to it. Um, something about, uh, oh, they were, I can't, now I can't find the headlines of the articles. There's a caribou herd, uh, herd that they're trying to bring back from the brink. And in doing so, I can't find the dang thing. In doing so, um, the fish and game has killed um, over 100 bears in just, I guess, a month or something like that. But now I can't find the article, so I can't be semi-intelligent about it. Uh, anyway, that's the balancing act. Uh, when it comes to um, wildlife management, you know, there are huge swings and there are huge, uh, huge valleys and huge peaks in wildlife, in wildlife cycles, right? Um, I mean, we used to talk about this a lot up in the interior when the show was uh, up there only um, that, you know, when you're looking at wildlife predator and prey populations, you know, whether it's the ungulates and the moose up in the interior or caribou or something like that, we've seen, you know, unchecked, the cycles swing wildly. You know, moose population will explode and that causes the wolf population to explode. And then the wolf population eats all the moose. Well, almost all the moose. And uh, the population drains down and then the wolf population crashes because there's not enough moose to fill the growing mouths of all the wolves that have been born to the, you know, in this thing. And so then the wolves crash. And so then the moose recover over the period. And then it's just this ungodly kind of up and down peaks and valleys of highs and lows of surpluses and crashes. And the idea behind 
as it was explained to me many years ago by Wayne Heiner and many other who are wildlife biologists that I've had on the program over the years, was that they want to smooth out the highs and the lows and make it kind of in the median, right? So this, where was this article? I swear, it's killing me. Maybe it was, it must have been on the ADN. Um, it, yeah, there you go. State workers trying to revive Southwest caribou herd killed almost 100 brown bears in less than a month. They're in the, uh, they're trying to bring back the Mulchantna caribou herd and uh, a total of 95 brown bears, five black bears, five wolves were killed in the program that began May 10th. Uh, that's more than four times the number that biologists would predicted to be taken. Um, <clears throat> but it rem- just reminds me that the way that the headline reads is like, um, it's almost, I mean, I guess it's critical criticism that how dare they would kill. But if you want the herd to recover and you want it to be able to um, <clears throat> be able to even things out and narrow the playing field, sometimes you have to kill a, um, you have to kill a, you know, a certain number of predators to do it. But the uh, wildlife um, uh, rights people, I guess the, 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 like the Alaska wildlife Alliance, the Sierra club, all these other ones, they would rather just, I think, have the highs and lows again. Go back to the big things where the population soars and then the predators come in and then they kill most of the population and then they crash. And they, I think they would rather return to that in some ways. Um, anyway, it's just – it was a random thought I had this morning as I was watching all this stuff and, and watching how it all worked out. Okay. Um, as you could tell – yeah, baby, we're 100 percent today. Let's uh, let's open up the phone lines uh, since we're coming up on the break here. We'll get things ready to rock and roll. Uh, if you'd like to call in, we'd love to hear from you at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Any of these topics is uh, fair game. If you would like to talk about any of the things that we've uh, touched on already this morning. And uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I uh, want to say thank you to our friends at Satellite West. You could find them at SatelliteWest.com. They uh, will provide you with uh, coverage across the state of Alaska for any way to stay connected. Text messages, emails, phone calls, surfing the Internet, no matter where you are in the state of Alaska or, for that matter, anywhere in the world. Satellite West has got you covered. So thank you to them for sponsoring the program today. All right. We're going to continue ahead. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, 
M G O M G my goodness. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Well, I mean, I had a great weekend. Uh, I mean, it was good. It was productive. I got a bunch of stuff done that I've been working on. Um, uh, but, uh, damn. I don't know what happened between last night and this morning, but <clears throat> it was all I could do. Excuse me. It was all I could do to drag myself out of bed this morning. <clears throat> but I... I can't call in sick, right? Can't call in sick. <laughs> Man. O M G. You guys got uh You guys have got uh way got talky chatty this morning. Okay. Um, today, um, actually yesterday was my dad's birthday. Damn it. I knew I forgot something. Balls. Happy birthday, dad. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was in the middle of a project and I was like all day. Uh, anyway, happy birthday. Uh, there are still clock radios. Yes, I have a clock radio. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Jeannie says, King Salmon should be placed on a five-year moratorium with a bump in their hatchery program. It will significantly boost the numbers. Then you need to figure out the bycatch problem. Yep. Um, I would not disagree with, well, part of that. Again, I, I, I have so little interest these days in fishing other than as an interesting discussion point for state, you know, for state stuff. And because it's one of our biggest industries, both in the commercial and in the sport fishing. Um, Anchorage, send your homeless to Seattle for the winter. <laughs> it would be cheaper in the long run if they did that. Here's a round trip ticket. See you back in May. It would be cheaper in the long run. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'm going through here. I was only I was always told you don't eat rabbits or hares in the months that have R in the month. Maybe he wasn't hunting them to eat. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was going for the skins. I, I don't know. Yeah, tularemia is a real deal. Um, and uh, I haven't hunted rabbits since I was much younger. Usually because I was too uh, concerned about tularemia with that kind of stuff. Uh, Michael says, uh, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I apologize. Mikhail was, says um, that they will never be able to manage wildlife better than nature. Um, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. I mean, maybe looking at it on a 500-year cycle, you might be right. But I don't know if um, I don't know if I agree with that, Mikhail. I don't know. Um, 
Hawk asks what they did with the meat and the hides from the bears. Uh, maybe they could send a community response counselor and negotiate with the bears and the wolves. Um, and Harold doesn't believe that fish and game does anything good. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going, I'm... Anchorage internet is offline. Oh, that cracks me up. All right, folks, we got to go. Oof, man. The brain fog is real. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. you guys doing apparently they're having boy gci is really not loving life right now apparently internet is off across a big chunk of anchorage and um that's just the thing uh, lots of comments in the chat room about the management of fish and game. And I guess the, there should be a snort in there somewhere. <laughs> management, fish and game. <laughs> um, a lot of people are like, they shouldn't involve themselves. Mother Nature does a much better job, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know if, um, I mean, I think on the longer cycles, that might be. Maybe. I I mean, I guess I really haven't given it as much thought. I mean, I had these discussions for years with uh, biologists, you know, fishing game biologists and things like that on the program as we've talked about various things, mostly up in the interior again, um, is what I was talking about before. Um, But uh, Jeannie brought up a point. She said they tried this. Uh, Let me read this. I think the reality is that waxes and wanes are normal. Washington and Idaho tried the same thing. The unintended consequence was a decimation of the Roosevelt elk. Don't mess with Mother Nature, please. She says, and I'm not a greenie. She had to make that clear. She's not a a greenie. Um, I think if you're a conservationist, that um, you want to do what's best for the for the ecosystem for the wildlife and and everything see that's the thing the difference between conservationist and preservationist and I, what I we've got a lot of people around this country that seem to be mislabeled as um, 
some of them are labeling themselves as conservationists, and really what they are is they want it just to be, they want it to remain untouched and unspoiled, and, and they want to preserve it instead of conserve it. Conservationists want it to be available for the use of all multiple generations from now. And so I know conservationists are doing their best to continue to, uh, you know, grow the species and and uh, keep it at a stable level, a uniform stable uh, level. Uh, but it's uh, it's a challenge. I mean, you're right in some ways. If you look at it, Mikhail, uh, Mikhail who said earlier that he didn't believe that uh, uh, he didn't believe that uh, we would ever be able to manage wildlife better than nature. Uh, I mean, in the long run, if you look at it on a, you know, one, two, three hundred year cycle, you're probably right. Um, and uh, I think that, uh, uh, but but in the short term, we've got to live in the short term, right? So we've got to figure out a way how to balance it and still be able to use the resource without absolutely decimating it ourselves. Um, obviously, there's no... There's, obviously, we're still working on it. Um, it's uh, we're obviously still working, um, you know, on getting that down pat because we're having problems. The <clears throat> the Wildlife Fish Conservancy, ha- whose uh, actions have already caused the closure of um, uh, of an iconic Southeast Alaska fishery. This is in regards to the uh, uh, the orcas. A federal judge issued an order back in May voiding an environmental review that helped authorize a small-scale fishery, which is about a $30 million industry that employs hundreds of people in South S- uh, southeast uh, Alaska. The... Um, the uh, the whole lawsuit filed by the Washington-based Wild Fish Conservancy seeks to protect endangered orcas off the coast of the lower 48 in British Columbia. Whales that feed on some of the same salmon harvested by southeast Alaska troll fishermen. And uh, as, they, as they go through, they basically put this in there and it closed a fishery down in southeast because they're saying that the troll fishermen, not trawler, but troll fishermen, trollers, um, are damaging the the orcas' habitat and everything else. Anyway, this uh, group um, basically has now sent Alaska a notification. It formally notified the state of its plans to file an Endangered Species Act petition for multiple populations of king salmon, known as Chinook, obviously, in southeast Alaska, southwest Alaska, and the Cook Inlet, just outside of Anchorage. According to the Alaska Beacon, uh, Nat Hers, um, if successful, experts said that the proposal would have dramatic impacts, like the closure of commercial harvests of kings, new limits on other fisheries that accidentally uh, accidentally catch them and restrictions on development now there have been crashing king stocks across the state that have already prompted closures and limits on commercial and subsistence harvest populations though are not facing a risk of extinction according to 
Doug Vincent Lang, Alaska Fish and Game uh, Commissioner, in an interview with NetHers uh, last Wednesday. He said, we think that none of these stocks are threatened with extinction today or threatened with extinction in the foreseeable future. So we're going to work to oppose this. This has a real impact coming our way if it's granted. <laughs> That's like the duh. That's like the biggest duh in the world. The Conservancy has not yet filed its uh, its petition. It sent a letter to Vincent Lang in May saying it would file one within 30 days. Uh, it's not legally required, but they did say that they were submitting it as a courtesy as it is our intent to maintain open communications with the state uh, through this petition process about our concerns over the health of the Alaska Chinook populations, uh, wrote Emma Halverson, the Conservancy's executive director. Asked about the letter, Halverson said the email that she, uh, by email that she would share a copy of the petition when it's filed, but she did not respond to an interview request with Nat Hers. Um this has been uh, a problem going on for a while, and we've talked about this in passing. Again, this is not my forte, um, and I have <clears throat> you know, personally have uh, – I'm all fished out is what I'm saying. When I, I spent some time in the Bering Sea and, and around the Gulf of Alaska doing commercial fishing when I was younger, and that pretty much just all fished me all out. But this does have a huge impact on many areas and populations across the state. There's no doubt about that. On the Yukon River, uh, which, of course, starts in Canada and cuts all the way across the interior, king counts have been falling for more than a decade. Last year, they reached lows that deeply unsettled uh, Alaska Natives and Canadians who depend on their harvest for cash income and to feed their families. Uh, managers initially predicted that between 41,000 and 62,000 Yukon Kings would return to Canada last year, but the actual run size was 13,000. <laughs> I mean, that's less than 10% of the return that happened two decades ago. Just <clears throat> 20 short years ago, they had 130,000 Kings return, and this year it was 13,000. There's something wrong there. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, nor do I play one on TV. But even I could say, whoa, whoa. Commercial and wreck fishing in Cook Inlet and Southeast have faced stricter limits in recent years in response to the to the king salmon declines, and the salmon populations in California and the Pacific Northwest are struggling too. Um, this is a I mean, this is a big deal. The Conservancy filing its petition would kick off a pretty lengthy process. There'd be a 90-day review period where the federal government will determine whether the petition pretend... I'm sorry. I'm trying to use my words this morning, and my brain will not keep up with my mouth. Will determine whether the petition presents substantial information that listing kings may be warranted. If so, that determination would launch a year-long review process of the best science available that would lead to either a rejection of the petition or a proposed listing as endangered or threatened. I mean, the best science available. We haven't decided if these kings are male or female or something else, but the best science is... Um, while the petition doesn't pose a short-term risk of closing king salmon fisheries, Alaskans ought to take the threat seriously, according to Peter Van Toon, 
an environmental lawyer with the Endangered Species Act experience. Uh, because uh, we should be taking a, ought to take a threat seriously in the medium term because of what happened with the Southeast Chinook. He's talking about the original lawsuit with the orcas down there in the thing. Anyway, this is uh, this is a big deal. This is a real big deal, and we probably should be paying a little bit closer attention to it. And I apologize for not catching some of this earlier back in May when that Chinook fishery closed down was partially because again i'm when i see fish my eyes immediately glaze over when i see the word fish about something about fishing because i'm just it's not something that's usually on my radar but this is a big deal this is the real deal folks it's important that we uh we pay attention to this maybe we'll see if we can get uh doug vincent lang on the program to talk about it or somebody else or you guys can call in and we can talk about that as 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 well all right we got uh, more excuse me we got more coming up we are ready to discuss uh some of this and more phone lines are open at 907-433-3150-907-433-3150 the michael duke show Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Back with more after this. to by more staffers in Juno than any other show because their bosses told them to and after what they just heard oh man they're gonna be best you're a bad bad man the Michael Duke show oh man okay Um, feels like the middle of September this morning. Wayne, Wayne, good God almighty. I think it's official. I'm going back to bed as soon as this is over. Uh, feels like the middle of September this morning. Wind, rain, gray, ugly, and cold. Burr. Um... I I never, I mean, I never get sick. Like once a year I'll get, you know, usually if I feel a little cruddy or something, I just I sleep a little more, a little emergency. But this morning, and I don't know, maybe it's a sleep problem. Maybe my sleep has been more disturbed than usual. I don't know, but it was hard getting up this morning. It was like one of those things. I've said that already, I know. Um... I highly recommend the biggest little farm, amazing display of regenerative, sustainable agriculture that's a balance with nature and wildlife. Okay, there we go. Um, $90 for Starlinks is Willie and hardly any glitches. Well, I'm waiting for them to finish putting up the constellation of the rest of the satellites this summer. 
Um, what a bunch of crap, blah, 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 blah. Trawlers, somebody said trawlers, paid for by the Alaska Tra Seattle Trawler Association. I never understood trawlers, never understood draggers at all. If you see the damage that they do, I mean, I was 18 years old and I watched them, I watched a trawler pull in its catch one day and I just looked at that and said, who thought this was a good idea, Right. Um, I mean, who thought, who thought this was a good idea? Just my brain, man. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael says, uh, well, when fishing game uses practices for 10 years and it steadily fails and they continue it and double down on it, it's resulting in the depletion of the resource. Yeah, they have failed and it should be, it should be fired. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at a 10% of the return that you had 20 years ago, I would list that as probably ultimately failing. Maybe you should just, you know. I mean, what do you do? Close it down and let it sit there for 20 years until it recovers? I just, I don't know. The other day, according to Willie, who's out in Bethel out there uh, by the, uh, the mouth of the Yukon, the other day, the sonar didn't count a single king entering the Yukon. That's really bad. Um, Fukushima, says Robbie. Um, um, okay. The internet infrastructure has never been able to handle the load, yada, yada, yada. But I'm still wearing shorts to work, says Brian. Hey, you and me both. Um, garden on top of the circulates the thing is one of those always trawlers. Uh, trawlers, right? My family rule was you catch it, you eat it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean the <clears throat> man, there's so much stuff. Those, I mean, those trawlers, the draggers, they're just because I mean, I don't even call them trawlers. I call them draggers because that's what they do. They drag across the bottom and they just scrape everything. I mean, there was bits of coral and broken stuff and all kinds of stuff in these nets when they were hauling this thing in. And I was just like, who thinks this is a good idea? I mean, I was 18 years old and I was like, that doesn't seem like that makes much sense at all. You're wrecking everything down there. Sure, you're getting everything in the net, but you're wrecking everything. And bycatch, by the way, <clears throat> I could tell you a little bit about bycatch. Now, this is from 30, almost 40 years ago. I could tell you about bycatch. Bycatch, mm -mm, that stuff don't survive, right? I mean, even release, it's just, it. no, it's not a, not a good thing. Oh, man. That's just not, not a good thing. This just reminds me about why I hate fishing now. Because so much. I love eating halibut, but if I had to clean another halibut, my arm hurts just thinking about cleaning a halibut. I mean, when you've pulled your 400th set of gonads out of a halibut, you're like, my forearms hurt so bad. <laughs> I still remember that that night, like, oh, oh, <sighs> okay, let's 
let's get rolling. Shall we? The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Ring the bell, do the thing on YouTube, all that stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. All right. <clears throat> yep. Uh, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. And good morning to you. Apologies in advance for the, I don't know, for everything. I just want to apologize for my life to you. Um, all right, let's uh, let's continue on. We were just talking about the potential for Alaska king salmon to be put on the endangered species list. And uh, while I don't agree with that, uh, the response, the the reality that after a tw- we got a 20-year decline going on, and after 20 years, the return on the Yukon was t- is 10% of what it was 10, 20 years ago. That's a problem. Willie is down on uh, in Quinnahawk, uh, down near the mouth there, and he said the other day the sonar that counts the kings, the sonar didn't count a single king entering the Yukon River. That's bad. That's not good. Anyway, we can get your thoughts on this and more. We got uh, one line on hold. The phone lines are open this morning. We got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. But whatever it is that you want to talk about, we'll uh, we'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, buenos dias, senor. I'm uh, in California here. Uh, they're blocking all the salmon fishing, too. They're, they're not allowing nothing anymore. So uh, can you see? I'm sorry, Brady. Go um, ahead. Yep. It, you got again. You got all these people going, wondering why there ain't any fish around. Figure how many explosions happened underwater these last couple of years with all the war going on, all the depth charges and all the different stuff that our Navy's doing. They don't care about the environment. They don't care about the fisheries. I, I mean, where where are all the environmentalists and the libertarians against war? I haven't heard not, nobody speak out in the last. I would, for what three I, years? I would. They're all for. They're they're all for the Ukraine. Well, but Brady, I don't think that. Uh, first of all, there's not a lot of depth charging going on between Russia and uh, Ukraine. Uh, there's not a lot of depth charging in general. I think this has to do a lot with more the overfishing than uh, than anything to do with war. I, I yeah. Again, there's not a navy battle going on between the Ukraine and uh, and Russia. I don't think it has anything to do with that. Well, one thing. Are you still there? I'm still here. What? What? What about the uh, Nord Stream two pipeline that our country blew up, and that they still deny it to this day? That was the biggest ecological disaster over in the the Baltic Sea, where that was. How come there wasn't one peep out of all the wackos that are the environmentalists and your libtards? that always speak out against every little thing in this country that goes against the Green New Deal. Mm. 
What a bunch of jackasses. All right, Brady. Well, I appreciate you uh, sounding off this morning. Thanks for calling in uh, and joining us. Um, that's what you get when you open the line sometimes. Uh, I just don't see a, I don't see a whole lot of depth charging going on between, uh, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, <laughs> depth charges in the Ukraine. Killing Alaskan Can you see the headlines now? Depth charge. Russian depth charges kill Alaskan salmon from the Ukraine. Oh, Lord. That was a stretch. That was a monumental stretch. Um, <laughs> the state. Uh, let's see. Vincent Lang. Uh, I've got two different stories up here. KTUU has it. Joe Kinneen uh, over at uh, KTU also writes about this. Um, he said there's a difference between low productivity and a stock being threatened with extinction or being threatened with their very existence. Our management is to provide for sustained yield and in many cases maximum sustained yield. And we may close a fishery to get to that past level of yield, but that's a long way, a long stretch from not being able to provide for the continued existence of the species, which is what the ESA is centered around, the, the Endangered Species Act. Um, the Southeast Alaska Guides Association Executive Director Forrest Brandon said, this is sort of a mean-spirited approach that one particular organization is taking. I think that working together is a lot better, a lot more practical rather than go to the feds. I think that, you know, if they shut down the king salmon fishing for the sport fleet, he said, the guided sport fleet here in Southeast, that would probably not be survivable for them. Um, Damn. I mean, that's a, you think about what that's all about. That's, that's a problem. That's a real problem. All right. We continue now going back to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Oh, I just thought I'd point out an issue here in Fairbanks that went on. Uh, last Thursday, they had a borough assembly meeting and I attended that meeting by the way. And, uh, the, the big deal was to approve the climate action and adaption plan, <clears throat> and this and that was reported on by the Fairbanks newspaper in the Saturday edition, uh, June 10. They had a headline on that. And uh, uh, what the deal was is that uh, about a couple of years ago, when the uh, left-leaning people on the borough assembly, the nine-member borough assembly, had control, you know, slim majority, they introduced a a climate action and adaption plan and created a group that came up with this and worked out with some outside company about to help them come up with this. And uh, then about a year ago, <clears throat> the uh, conservatives obtained a, a, a slim majority, a 5-4 majority, <clears throat> but they continued on with this <clears throat> committee, but they, they changed out the members of the committee and kind of watered down the plan that the original committee came up with. Well, a lot of uh, the left-leaning folks here in Fairbanks <clears throat> were angry about that, and I became aware of this uh, impending borough meeting because of letters to the editor about how we should go back to the original plan instead of the watered-down plan. Right. Anyway, I attended the meeting, and it was pretty interesting. Um, I didn't even like, myself, didn't like the watered-down plan too much. You know, I don't think we needed any plan, but uh, uh, the, um, <clears throat> I mean, there's some good things in it, I suppose, <clears throat> but um, I read it in the meeting there, but uh, about 45 people testified, so the testimony went in for hours, 
and the meeting went off past midnight. But um, uh, my thoughts on the plan was that <clears throat> uh, I, what I didn't like about it is that that it gave the impression, the plan, even the watered-down one, that you could change the climate here in this interior area because they lamented on some of the dangers of the climate going bad, you know, the uh, melting permafrost and such. But they gave the impression that we in Fairbanks, by any mitigation effort, could do a, a single thing about it, which I personally didn't think we could. And I testified to that thought that we can't do anything about this because the temperature that's here in Fairbanks is due to the, the sun coming down and the big air masses moving in and ocean currents and changes in ocean currents and and you know just getting rid of the coal Healy one coal plant which the plan didn't specifically say get rid of that but or uh, one of the things that was in the plan was uh, they talked about uh, sprawl you know urban sprawl people living way the heck out but uh, I said <laughs> somehow that, uh, urban sprawl somehow urban sprawl in Fairbanks is contributing to the global warming is that what they're saying well that's the impression which is, you know, we're so minuscule, we're just a speck, you know, in the in the middle of nowhere here, and, and nothing we can do can, can change anything one iota. And uh, But I did say that one thing I think that could be added to the plan to really do, maybe do a little good in, in reducing uh, the carbon di- the worldwide carbon dioxide concentration, which has gone up a little bit over the past few years, uh, would be to <clears throat> write all the members of Congress and say that we need nuclear power. We need to be like France and have... 70% of our power created by by nuclear and that, that's you know because those plants produce no carbon dioxide whatsoever but anyway the final uh, upshot of it was <clears throat> in the uh, headlines of the uh, June 10th Saturday news miner the headline says assembly votes down climate plan in fact you know they were it, it fiercely disagreeing the four or five group was fiercely disagreeing all the way through the night but uh, and trying to amend it to make it more, quote-unquote, robust. That's what everybody wanted. We want this plan to be more robust, which to me means more authoritarian. But <laughs> basically the, 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 the four liberal people, uh, Savannah Fletcher, Mindy O'Neill, Kristen Kelly, and David Guttenberg, it looks like they voted against it because it wasn't robust enough. And then the conservatives, the five conservatives, they voted against it because, you know, we don't need it anyway. It doesn't do any good. So right, exactly. An agreement well, it's, it's, it's interesting to see both sides of the aisle come together in agreement on something that is obviously uh, for various reasons. But it's interesting to see them both come against it and, uh, and do it. You're right. We didn't need it, Randy. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. By the way, the borough being involved in that kind of stuff makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I know they're going to say from an air quality standard, that's why they're doing it for air quality. But the borough, they, they just, you know, they, Fairbanks is a small town. They, you know, it's a small community. It's a small borough. They definitely do not need more government in what they're doing. I mean, <clears throat> I was part of that for five years, trying to hold back the dam of government in uh, in the Fairbanks North Star Borough. And God, it was a painful, painful process. Um, I mean, it was all we could do to prevent them from taking basically taking over the roads and doing everything else. It was it was a hot mess. And by the time it was all said and done, I felt pretty good about uh, my tenure there. But I got to tell you, there's always people out there who are going to want to see more and more power glommed on the government. And um, 
you don't need that in a small community like Fairbanks. I mean, small geographically, it's huge. But, I mean, 90,000 people in a place that's the size of Rhode Island? Mm, yeah, don't really need government to have more power in that regard. Thank you for your call, Randy. All right, hour two is dead ahead. I'm going to get some coffee or something, try and get my... Try and get my collect the two wits that I've got together here. We're going to be back with more of the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. I need a second. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just need a second. I'll be back here. Give me a minute. going to blow my nose and so much more (laughs) oh man excuse me um good morning michael three fingers of brandy will take care of your issues or at least make it more entertaining Trust me, we did an AMA. You know, we haven't done an AMA in a long time. We should do an AMA, an Ask Me Anything. I did that on the program here a while ago. God, it's been a couple of years, I guess, since we did it. How many How many of you folks would participate in an AMA, an Ask Me Anything? I was going to do it just for the Common Sense Corps members, but I decided to open it up and just do it for everyone. 
and uh, it was just kind of a free-ranging discussion. And then I brought out the scotch because I was doing some scotch tasting, and we talked about that, and uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I did a little too much tasting, and it was... It was enjoyable. <clears throat> it, I, 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 it was enjoyable. Um, the fun, uh, the fun had arrived. Let's put it that way. The fun had arrived. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun just chatting about anything. So <clears throat> maybe I'll do a, maybe I'll do a Saturday AMA here in the next, uh, next couple weeks. Uh, Brian was doing bourbon. He said while I was doing uh, while I was doing while I was doing scotch. Donna says she's in AMA. That's entertainment. <laughs> uh, we do that every day. Scotch on live radio in the morning. No, I don't drink scotch in the morning. Um. <clears throat> uh, the Matsu Borough is now designated as an MPO. Uh, municipal, what is that? MPO. That's so familiar. Big federal dollars. Uh, but as an MPO, they definitely get a lot of federal money coming in. Um, but that is all about pollution and everything else. Um, <clears throat> seems like a lot of people are in for the, uh, in for the ask me anything. Um, talking to my dad about the King Salmon issue. And trawlers, he said, greed has once again become disastrous. I said, there's no reason greed is categorized as one of the, uh, there's a reason that greed is categorized as one of the seven deadly sins. It's not the subsistence fishermen or even the tourists. It's someone said earlier, trawlers scraping our ocean for your Mickey D's filet of fish. Municipal planning organization. Thank you. Why not scotch in the morning? Because <clears throat> I have to, because uh, I have to, I have to. I have to work the rest of the day. Usually I'm going to guarantee you that today I'm going back to bed. I am. I'm going to nip this in the bud and be back at a hundred percent tomorrow. Guaranteed. Gu guaranteed. I kid you not. <clears throat> I mean, I never get sick. I did this show when I had COVID for the 1.2 days that I had COVID. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, today, ooh, just the brain fog is getting me more than anything else. Okay, ask me anything. What is the date today? Let me see here. What do we got here? Today, uh, 17th, 24th. Yeah, maybe we do it um, maybe this week, maybe next week. Oh, no, next week I got something going on. Maybe next, maybe this Saturday. <clears throat> Maybe this Saturday. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking. Um, give me a thumbs up in the chat room if you would like. To. I can't do a poll from here. I don't know why. I get, Facebook allows me to do polls, but StreamYard is, just doesn't have that. So give me a thumbs up in the chat room or a yes or something if uh, you would like to see an AMA this weekend. I guess that would be the weekend that I have to do it. In the afternoon. All right. We gotta go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hey, look at that. Blew my nose during the break and I feel better. I mean, not really, but you know. Hi, welcome to it. It is Monday. Boy, is it a Monday today. Welcome back to the program, but it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be good stuff. Um, welcome back to the show. It is uh, the Monday edition of the program, and we've had a bunch of headlines. We've been talking about the um, potential for a Washington-based conservation group. It's not a conservation group. It's, a, it's an environmental percent. I take issue with the conservation group label. Um, we talked about that earlier. The difference between preser- the difference between preservationists and conservationists is pretty big. Um, and anyway, they're threatening to uh, file an Endangered Species Act petition for Alaska king salmon. And that's going to have some issues, but not like we don't have issues on our own. <laughs> not like we <clears throat> one of the big things that came out of the story was that the king counts in uh, in the Yukon River and others across the state of Alaska have been falling for more than a decade. And uh, last year, the fish and game biology, the managers, predicted between 40 and 60,000 kings would return, and the actual size was 13,000, which was less than 10% of the returns, to de- meaning that two decades ago, 130,000 fish went upstream. This year, they counted 13,000. That's a significantly smaller number than what you really need. Um, but the question is, does it need to be placed on the endangered species list? Mm, there's some... There's some issues there. Uh, there is definitely some issues there, and we should, you know, we can continue to talk about that. Phone number, phone lines are open, by the way, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Sponsored by your friends over there at Satellite West, from Ignick to, uh, I can't even think of a thing. I can't, Ignick, again, <clears throat> brain fog. Ignick to Dillingham, from King Salmon to Chicken, from Eek to Eagle River, wherever you are in the state of Alaska, Satellite West has got you covered. Phone calls, text messages, emails, the whole schmear, they've got you going on. Stop by and see them at SatelliteWest.com. Okay. 
So that was one of the stories that we wanted to dive into. The other one was, uh, you know, there was a uh, Must Read Alaska put this out there and, and they were touting this as, you know, hey, the Alaska Republican Party, they have issued a resolution. And to which I said, and, you know, I know this is probably not fair, but uh, uh, to which I said, who cares? The Alaska Republican Party, this is the same group that uh, has been giving money to non-conservatives in, you know, who's been feeding money to opponents of conservatives uh, who are incumbents, conservative incumbents in some of these districts who are not uh, who are not taking seriously the 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 issues of their own platform and all. I mean, we have we have uh, chronicled. The problems with the Alaska Republican Party on this program over the last couple of years, especially, I mean, just ad nauseum to no, to, you know, to no end. We've gone on and on and on and on and on and on about that. I'm sick of talking about it. How much of a problem that the party and how much of the blame for some of the issues that we have today are, you know, right there at the party's feet. <clears throat> well, somehow. With all of that, we're supposed to care that the Alaska Republican Party met in Soldatna on Saturday and unanimously passed a resolution in favor of a special prosecutor being appointed to investigate political abuses of the FBI, the Justice Department, and the White House. Okay, so first and foremost, it's a resolution, and uh, which, I mean, good luck to that. We're just going to... And 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 there's a litany. There's a litany um, of uh, of of things and reasons why they put this resolution out there. I'm not saying that this is not that those things shouldn't be investigated. I believe that we're seeing the politicization of many branches of government and weaponization of these places as well. I I'm not disagreeing with that at all. This is all based on the Durham report. Um, where the FBI and the DOJ has been doing some just some crazy stuff. The FISA court warrants. If you if you have not been following, there's a whole series of Reason uh, magazine articles about what <clears throat> is going on with the FISA court and the FBI. If you are not watching that and are not outraged by it, then uh, yeah, you should be checking in. But again, <clears throat> my question is. Why should I care what the Alaska Republican Party is doing when they can't even fix what's going on here in the state? I mean, this is insane. This is just insane. Um, again, it's it's great that they're pointing all this stuff out, but what good does it do it when they continue to support people like <clears throat> Click Bishop? Uh, Kathy Geisel, Bert Stedman. I mean, when they're actively giving money to, you know, Mike, uh, Mike Showers and uh, uh, opponent in the last election, they gave him money. Uh, Click Bishop was censured, censured by his own uh, by his own district. And yet the they still get I mean, this is. Why do I care? Why should I even care? I mean, they really uh, it, it just doesn't even matter anymore at this point i think uh <clears throat> we should uh 
I think there should be a message sent to the Alaska Republican Party that until they get their own house clean, we just really don't even care anymore. Last Wednesday, we did a What If Wednesday, um, which is uh, kind of our way of talking about basic preparedness and other things, you know, trying to trying to to make you think about what would happen, what if something happened, and whether it's something as ridiculous as a zombie apocalypse or killer clowns from space or global thermonuclear war or whatever, the most mundane and basic idea was what happens if there was uh, something that went on at the ports of Long Beach and Seattle? You know, what if there was a, <clears throat> a rogue wave or an earthquake or... Um, wait, what happens today? Oh, it's a potential strike at the port of Seattle. <laughs> I mean, this is, if you were thinking about making sure that you had enough food on your shelves and everything else and, and all that, you may want to buckle up, Buttercup. Um, and in fact, uh, Suzanne Downing writes, it might be time to stock up. The International Longshore and Warehouse Union shut down cargo operations at the port of Seattle on Saturday, according to the Pacific Maritime Association. The PMA said on Twitter that uh, work slowdowns Friday directed uh, officials of the union, uh, directed by officials of the union, have uh, brought the ground operations at the port to a halt, resulting in the longshore workers being sent home. Coordinated and disruptive work actions led by the International Longshore and Warehouse Union have shut down cargo operations at the Port of Seattle. The Port of Seattle is the powerhouse. It's the center of the economy for the Pacific Northwest. And for us, Alaska's economy is existentially tied to it. Roughly 80% of the goods coming to Alaska pass through the Port of Seattle and Tacoma. Now, this is a work stoppage. It's not a strike yet, but it could be because longshoremen up and down the West Coast apparently have been working without a contract uh, contract for almost a year since last July. Um, this follows similar slowdowns last week at both the port of Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Oakland. So the entire West Coast is now facing a slowdown, a work stoppage, and a potential strike. Well, if 80% of the cargo comes from the Seattle, Port of Seattle, the additional 10% or 20% come from Long Beach, Los Angeles, Oakland, all the, I mean, this is it, folks. <laughs> you may want to, if you've got a favorite soda pop, you may want to stock up on it right now. If you've got some canned goods you want to put away, you may want to just throw some on the shelf right now uh, because <clears throat> if they are shutting down and slowing things down, remember that the average grocery store has about a three-day supply of food on its shelves and in, its ba in whatever back stock or overhead stock that they have, about three days' worth. And normally those stores get a uh, – they normally get a delivery every two to three days. So two, three times a week they're getting – uh, delivery uh, from the, you know, from their suppliers. So mm -hmm, let's see, Saturday was a shutdown. That would be today. You may want to go do some grocery shopping just in case to get things 
squared away. I mean, you know, I, it was like I was saying last week, I get really sick of the whole, uh, the whole label of, you know, when you start talking about basic preparedness or basic, I don't know, I just call it common sense. I don't even call it preparedness. I just call it living. You know, talk about basic food storage or having a few days worth of meals on the shelf or whatever. Um, you know, people like, oh, this crazy talk and yada, yada, yada. And the next thing you know, the port is shut down. I mean, that's some that's some deep, deep, deep irony right there. Um, <clears throat> because we're a couple of people in the chat room are like, why are we talking about all this crazy stuff? Isn't there more important stuff to talk about, like Uganda or something? I mean, I don't know what they wanted to talk about. But no, I think that keeping Alaskans fed and their children from, uh, you know, having to eat uh, Pop-Tarts for dinner, probably a good and viable topic for discussion, don't you? Now, this will go on, and then the union will, they'll either be a strike or they'll make it up or they'll come back to work. And some people will learn from this and some people won't. Some people, if there is a, if there is, uh, starts to be some shortages here over the next couple of days of stuff on the shelf, some people will go, whoa, maybe I should, uh, you know, maybe I should throw an extra can of tuna fish or something on the shelf when I go by. Others will, they'll, they'll write it out and then they'll be like, oh, that'll never happen again. I would hope that you are the former rather than the latter. Let me just put it that way. I would hope that you are the one that learns from these kind of situations and may throw an extra $100 bill at a few extra canned goods or things that you could eat some packaged foods, um, you know, maybe some frozen stuff that you could just, you know, have there and are ready to go. And uh, just in case, I, I'm just I'm just saying, I mean, I don't want to live on canned and packaged food for the rest of my life. I like a lot of fresh food, but it always pays to have a few things set aside. <clears throat> if you buy one can of soup, why not buy two? Hell, why not buy three? If I need a can of something, usually I buy three and throw the other two up on the shelf just because two is one and one is none and three is just right. That's kind of my, that's kind of my, uh, my mantra. I'm still looking for words. Yep, exactly. All right. Um, so Port of Seattle in slowdown mode. I guess we'll have to see what happens this week things could get a little lean out there the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio we're going to be back with more in just a moment your phone calls are welcome this morning 907-433-3150 back with more right after this on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
Okay. Mm. Um, I think I'm pretty good for up to 60 days or even 90. I'm sure miss my fresh dairy products. Sour cream, chilled. Oh, man, I, cheese. I don't drink milk much. I do use some sour cream occasionally, but cheese? Cheese. Cheese. Man. Homer Safeway is naked, says Sandy. Uh, Sildatna, not so bad. Um, Hawk says, I'm not even sure why I remain a Republican at this point. Yeah, me either. Me either. Um... Um, dad just informed me that a national NPS, I'm assuming is national park service employee. Is that right? North Pacific. I don't, I don't know what NPS, if it's national park service. Uh, he informed me that an NPS employee who oversaw the SAM account last year told him that they counted 79 million fish and allowed a harvest of 75 million before the salmon came upstream for subsistence fishing. Well, that could be part of the problem right there. Just wondering. I'm speaking Yiddish this morning. I, you're lucky I'm speaking at all this morning. That's the that's the thing. You are lucky I'm speaking at all. Um, I'm going up here. Thumbs up. Lots of thumbs up here on the AMA. So I think we'll probably plan on that for this weekend. Um... Seattle port strike, says Terry. Yeah, we talked. We just talked about that. A lot of us are going hungry, says Robbie. Um. Okay. They. I'm sorry. I'm going through the comments here. Willie says they have a contract. He's talking about the longshoreman. Um, just not the one that they demand. Well, they're working on an evergreen contract. They haven't had a new contract since last July. So most of those contracts have evergreen clauses in them, meaning that at the end of the contract, they remain at that contract level until a new one is negotiated, but then it's used as leverage in the new one, right? Um, Soldatna seemed well supplied this weekend, said Robbie. Tangle all tangled up. Tangle all tangled up. That's my, my tongue is tangled today. Um... Seashells, seashells by sea, sea, she, see, I can't even do it. She sells seashells down by the seashore. Hmm, got it. Second try, second try. Um, I could see the food bank lines at the churches. Um, might buy some extra store. I don't freeze cheese, makes it all crumbly. Cheese lasts, if you got a vacuum sealer, cheese lasts forever, right? I mean, if you put it in a fridge. Cheese lasts quite a long time if you, you know, if you want to, if you don't open it. And then once you open it, you have to eat it. But, man, you could put cheese away forever. And cheddar cheese can be frozen no problem. Um, other kinds of cheeses don't fare so well, but cheddar can be frozen. I don't know if mozzarella can be frozen. I think mozzarella can be frozen. doesn't matter. You're melting it anyway, so it doesn't have to be crumbly or not. <clears throat> cheese i love me some cheese all right let's uh go over here and get the caller's name and where they're calling from good morning who's this where are you calling from 
This call is from Helen Mathias Stewart. Okay, Helen, would you hold the line, please? I'm going to be right back to you. You're going to, we're going to start off with your phone call. So hold the line, Helen. We'll be right back to you here in just a second. We're about uh, 30 seconds from rejoining the radio, so don't go anywhere. Helen in Seward. Um, oh, yeah, Parmesan can be frozen as well. Yeah, Parmesan, it doesn't matter. Parmesan is, ooh, the shredded Parmesan. That's what I need right there. So tasty. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the possible strike. That's exactly it right there. Uh, all right, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, uh, free-thinking radio. Let's jump back over to the phones and right, do it right now. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. <laughs> Whew, I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Okay. Welcome back to the pro to the pro- Welcome back to the problem. The problem with the program is the problem with the producer. Uh hey, good morning. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Uh we're going back to the phones right now. We were just talking about the Port of Seattle thing uh and how it's in a work stoppage and slowdown since Saturday. Sandy in the chat room said, glad you mentioned the possible strike. I was going to wait a few days to order groceries, but I just put one in now. There may be a lot of uh, there may be a lot of substitutions if you've uh, placed your online order right now, but at least you'll get it done. Phone lines are open. Helen is down in Seward. She wanted to say something this morning. Let's go over to her right now. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good Uh, I would like to bring everybody's attention up because this is worldwide. It's going to affect everything, and there's no way to fix it. But uh, Sunrise all last year just about came up at the same place until October. Then it started moving. It got a little peace, and then in March it turned around and went back to the winter sunrise. And right now it's still there. And we should be as far south as it can get. So watch out for a hot, weird summer and really nasty tornado and and ninos and cyclones and uh, twisters and whatever. You think this volcanoes will be affected? Yeah, you think this means a really rough winter based on, what, cyclic wobbling or something? I mean, the, the wobbling no, of the sun? I think the rough, I don't think there's no way the world can straighten it out. It's too far gone. Okay. All right, Helen. Well, I mean, I I would not be against a, a mostly hot summer. I mean, uh, I mean, I'd like to see... You know, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I think we don't need the tornadoes and cyclones and meteor showers or anything else. Thank you, Helen, for your call. Let's uh, continue on over here. We'll go over to the next call, uh, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Nancy Jones in Kodiak. I just called to say that I'm listening to you on the radio. Oh, you just called to say you were listening on the radio and that was it? You just... 
Do I just say thank you? Yes, you asked if anybody was, if people were listening on the radio. Oh, well, yeah, no, I mean, I guess clock radio is what I was asking earlier. Do you have a clock radio? I mean, is that, is that how you listen? Do you lay in bed and listen or do you, uh, you know, what, what do you listen just well, on? I lay in bed and listen, but it's not a clock radio. Okay. Just a radio. Okay. All right. That's fine. I don't even know if they're, yes. apparently they're still available. Well, I appreciate you calling in and telling us you're listening. Any thoughts before I let you go on anything that's happening today? Any of the other discussion or talking points? You're down uh, in Kodiak. What's the, the... No, I just enjoy listening to the show. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you being part of it. Thank you for coming in and uh, telling me you listen. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you. That's gratifying. Kodiak, um... I love Kodiak. Kodiak was a fun place to, I fished out of Kodiak for a while, right out of high school. Uh, Kodiak is a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, definitely, definitely like it. Um, okay. Um, so I guess I don't have any other things right now on the port of Seattle shutdown. Uh, let me just real quick, uh, before I, uh, before I, uh, uh, move over here. Um, uh, the first uh, refused to blah, 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 blah. Port of Seattle management unrest is a shutdown. Here's the update from, um, is that from 18 hours ago? Um, remain shut down. Here we go. I was looking for the, I was looking for the update. Um, <clears throat> here's the update from, uh, good Lord. The internet is crawling this morning. Um, here is the update from Yahoo news as i wait for the oh is it just a video update damn sam give me what i'm supposed to be doing there uh it remains shut down that's the uh that's the that's the whole thing they remains closed uh due to the ilwu labor strife um and um you could feel the impact according to cairo uh k-i-r-o uh, you could feel the impact uh, here shortly. The shutdown is already threatening supply chains and worrying retailers. Um, the uh, It remained, the Port of Seattle came to a halt on Saturday, remained that way on Sunday. The uh, There are plenty of containers at the Port of Seattle, but nobody is working to move them. The container ships aren't coming in. Uh, Sunday afternoon for the second straight day, those containers are sitting idle. And uh, right now, both sides are at an impasse, and they, if they don't resolve the issue soon, that package you're waiting for could be delayed at the port until they do. Uh, according to Reuters, more than 22,000 dock workers along the West Coast have been working, well, without a contract. They've been working in an evergreen contract since July of 2022. Uh, but now the Chamber of Commerce people are urging the president to intervene because that's exactly what we need is the president to get involved in the middle of this thing. Just, oh man, that's just all we need. That's all we need is the president to get involved. Uh, anyway, so you may want <clears throat> to stock up uh, just a little bit today. If you're out and about doing things, just get stocked up. Okay, um, what was the, uh, oh here, this is the story that I wanted to get in on. The Alaska State School Board has now advanced a proposal to ban biological males from girls' high school sports. Um, the uh, trans girl, transgender girls, 
um, would be banned from participating in basically, uh, it would basically make it a female, biological female category only. Now, some people have said that this is part of a larger nationwide movement to restrict transgender rights. Um, I would argue that it's probably more of a recognition of what's been going on subtly underneath the radar for many years, the last few years, I guess I should say, across the country. Rather than some kind of big conspiracy to restrict transgender rights, it's just people coming to the realization that my biological female children should not have to compete against somebody who has an unfair baked-in advantage uh, as a biological male would. Current policy allows the Activities uh, Association, uh, the uh, Athletic Activities Association, to decide participation on a case-by-case basis, and publicly, uh, only one transgendered athlete has com- uh, competed in girls' high school sports here at the championship level in the past nine years. But this is what Bob Griffin, one of the school board members, says is a proactive thing and anticipates things that could be a problem. Um, the board overwhelmingly voted to advance this. Uh, it was uh, unanimous, in fact, you, uh, unanimously decided to advance this. And what happens now is that it comes out for public discussion. That's really what they said that they really want to do. They wanted to get the, uh, they really wanted to get the discussion happening. Some of the people who commented, including, um, uh, included members of the Soldatna High School girls wrestling team. Trinity Donovan, one of the team members who testified, said that when she began wrestling, Teams weren't, they were co-ed, they weren't segregated by gender, and that she lost nearly every match. But after she began wrestling in a girls' division, she went on to win four straight state titles before graduation uh, this spring. Uh, She said she feels that having transgender girls in the girls' division would be like going back to what she had experienced. She said if a transgendered woman wants to compete in sports, I think they should have their own category. Change the men's category to an open division or gain support uh, in the pride games. Um, I'm again, there is just a baked in biological, I mean, unfair advantage. You just don't see it'd be like having the NFL or the NBA, you know, forced to be co ed for all those kind of things. You just, your, your members would just be crushed. And it doesn't go in the other direction, right? Nobody is complaining about um, trans men competing in men's sports because, again, the biological males have a definite advantage in those situations. It's But this is just kind of unfair. Now, the opponents of this all play this and all, all play this up as if somehow this is um, the, the, that some of these kids are uh, going to be teased or challenged or that they somehow will be unfairly singled out because they won't be able to, you know, I just, again, if if you've made that kind of choice, there are things that have to, that come along with that. But just because you feel like you belong in a certain subset, but you biologically have a bigger advantage over that, I just, again, I, this is to me is, is a no brainer. No, you should not allow biological males 
at birth, I guess, however you want it, whatever the phraseology is for people who were born men uh, or males, you should not allow them to compete in sports with uh, biological females, especially some of these sports where they're based on strength and endurance and everything else because they have a physiological advantage. It's, I mean, generally speaking, physiologically, men are always stronger and have more endurance and are just, that's just how, that's just how the bio, biology works. <sighs> um, some testifiers who were opposed to the proposal said they're concerned about the possibility that the regulation would be a first step towards broadly restricting ten, transgendered rights in Alaska overall. How that would happen, nobody's really saying. Nobody's really saying how that exactly would happen. But they are all about it. They are. I mean, this is this is a thing right here. Um, I I basically would say the same thing that I say almost every time when we talk about these kind of issues. Here's reason number twelve hundred and seventeen why I would homeschool my kids. But your kids aren't involved in any sports. Well, that's okay. My son runs five miles a day, goes out, lifts weights when he's bored or doesn't have anything to do. He starts doing push-ups. And I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Your kids will find something to do, um, something that engages them. But this, again, I just, I refuse to participate in this madness of what's going on in that regard. You, you do, you do you, boo. You do exactly what you want to do. But I'm not going to involve my kids in that mess. Just way, way too much stuff going on. All right. Uh, we're coming up on the break. Um, I guess this is the final break. I mean, as dopey as I am, that's the fastest two hours I've had in quite a while. So we're going to be back in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return. Uh, phone lines are open. What do you think? I mean, if you got kids in schools and they're competing in sports, what are your thoughts on this? Pro, con, yay, nay? Is it just they've got to learn to accept disappointment if they get beat by somebody who's not the same gender? I mean, what? what do you think? 907-433-3150, The Michael Duke Show, Cobbett Sets Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, Let's go over to the phones and figure out who the caller is so that we can get them set up for when we return to radio. How about that? Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello. Hey, Michael. This is Melissa in Fairbanks. Hey, Melissa in Fairbanks. Would you hold the line and I'll be right back to you? You'll be number one in the queue. Don't go anywhere. 
I mean, it was rude of me to ask if you'd hold and then just put you on hold. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just what it is. Um, but, but hold on for a second. Um, I'm going backwards up here, uh, here to see what you guys are saying. Uh, she's talking about pull a pole shift says Robbie. If there's a pole shift, there's not a damn thing you can do about it. And good luck. <laughs> I mean, good luck. Uh, I got powdered cheese to sprinkle on popcorn, but it could be used in other ways. Oh, talking about powdered cheese, powdered cheese dust is good stuff for certain things. But I mean, yeah, you could put, you could put several big containers of Parmesan. You could freeze other things. Mm. Mm. Pole shift is real. That's why runway numbers change over the years, said uh, Chris. No, pole, pole, polar shift is a real deal. But what they're talking about is the the pole, the the possibility of the pole flipping, like reaching a tipping point, and they'll basically the whole thing rolls over. That would be uh that would be a bad do. Seems to be an extra special short bus Monday, says Bill. Been some interesting calls, that's for sure. Um, if you want bulk food, go to Peterkin Distributors. Are they local? Uh, that's who delivers most every grocery store's food around here. Um, have an open division, says Barb. That's her answer. Yeah, male division, female division, open division, co-ed division, whatever it is. Um, Donna says, just call them men. I, when I said, I'm, are they biological males or born males or what? Just men. Um, ba 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 ba. My son wrestled when he was 10 to 12 years old, says Terry. If he matched with a girl, he would forfeit the match. Yeah, because again, it's fundamentally unfair. I just, um, there are plenty of school associations that are not attached to the school. My son is in football, and it has no association with the school other than using their fields. Ooh. Okay. No trans in girls' sports. The girls deserve respect. Intramural sports are all the rage. You can farm better players and compete at higher levels. Um... On the Kenai. Just, just say, Bill, I don't know why you got banned off Facebook, Bill. I have no idea why you got banned off Facebook. No idea at all. Oh, Bill, you got to love it. You got to love it. Oh. All right. <clears throat> Damn, my brain today. My brain today. You know that whole picture of this is your brain on drugs with the egg cooking? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. <sighs> yeah, that's Bill Brock t-shirt worthy. Definitely. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just say no with a Nike swooping underneath of it to chicks with Richards. That would be. (laughs) 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. That is funny. All right, Melissa is in Fairbanks. She's on the phone. Somebody else tried to call right at the break, and then they hung up when they figured out I was going to break. So I'm sure that they will be calling in as well. Um, and we're gonna be um, we're gonna be kicking things off here for one final segment of the show, and then I'm going to nappy time. I'm gonna go lay down. Just I guess I'll check my email before I go lay down. Make sure I got. Who, who am I kidding? I'll probably be here for two hours doing work, but that's where I'm going. So, all right. Um, that's it. You got, <laughs> the ladies are all talking about they're getting t-shirts made right now. They're all in the, they're all in the chat room right now getting, uh, they're all getting t-shirts right now in the thing. Bill, you better get in on this and make sure that they pay you a royalty for you saying that they're going to. You better tell them you they owe you a quarter for each time you they sell a t-shirt or something like that. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Okay, one final segment of the show today. Phone lines are open. You are missing a uh, hysterical conversation in the chat room today. If you haven't joined us in the chat room, you could do so. Easiest place is over on Facebook, probably. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. Uh, you can also find it um, uh, over on YouTube as well. Let's uh, go over to the phones. Melissa is up in Fairbanks, and she wanted to sound off this morning. 907-433-3150. Good morning, Melissa. What's what's on your mind? Good morning. <clears throat> yeah, you said the uh, all-too-often-said statement about homeschool kids that they don't have any socialization and no experience in sports and all of those lies. So we have nine kids. Um, Eight of them have been or are involved in martial arts. Six of them are black belts. Two of them are second-degree black belts. All of them, except our three-year-old, have or do play the piano. Um, a couple of them have played the drum for the Red Hackles bagpipe band. Um, they all, like the oldest five, the youngest of those is 16, are either in a career or starting a career. And so saying that homeschool kids don't have any exposure of any sort is really a misnomer. And I'm not trashing you. I'm just oh, reflecting yeah. on or reinforcing what you said, that other people do come out and say, oh, you've got them all locked in the basement. They're never going to be around people. <laughs> and they're socially 
Um, they're so insecure. socially they're so socially awkward, me? right? I mean, they're so socially <laughs> awkward. They couldn't hold a conversation with a lamp. And then you put my kids in the room or your kids in right. the room with somebody and they're talking about quantum level physics or something and they're like, "What? I mean, what are you talking? I mean, yeah, it's it's insane to think exactly. that just because you homeschool kids <laughs> that you throw them under a rock and press the rock down for 15 years. That's not what happens. My eight No, my 18-year-old is a mechanic. Um, my 16 year old just started a job at an animal hospital here in town. She wants to be a veterinarian. So this gives her perfect exposure and she can take classes that go along with that and graduate high school with experience in the career field of her choice. Um, my oldest three are all on firm footing in careers, um, and they're 20, 22, and 24. My 22-year-old bought a house in January. I mean, really? Locked in the basement, no exposure, no socialization skills? Come on. <laughs> no. I mean, all of these. And, you know, these kids that's, are awesome. They exactly. Awesome. All of these programs offer, you know, uh, access to, and they'll plug you into extracurricular activities like martial arts or football or hockey or all these other things. And there are plenty of other organizations out there that will take kids that have nothing to do with schools. Uh, Jerrica in the chat room said that her son is playing football. It's not, it's not affiliated with any school or anything else. It, they use the school fields, but they're all doing it not from a school. Aspect. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. Why does everybody look at this and go, exactly. this cookie cutter way is the only way? Um, because that's what society has taught them, right? I mean, that's what society wants, everybody to conform. I refuse to conform. I, I refuse to conform to that kind of stuff, and I'm glad we did. Are there things that I would have done different in raising my children? Sure, absolutely. But I'm happy with where they turned out. That's some good stuff right there. I'm not too worried about it. And you're pointing out exactly the success story that people need. Uh, when you got kids who are 16 years old going in and, and working in a field that they've already decided that is going to be their lifetime field and they're getting that experience, your, your, your daughter is going to be way far ahead than anybody else when that comes down to it. And you know what? She might decide that that's not the career for her. Right. She hasn't put money into college classes. She's not 23 years old. So she can try this out. And if she decides, yeah, I don't really like doing that. Um, then she's not, any farther behind than any other kid. In fact, she's ahead because she's got exposure. Well, and, and here's an interesting point. Um, in some cases and in some, in, some, uh, in some professions, and I don't know about veterinarians, but in some professions, um, she may not have to go to a full college. She may be able to go to a specialized course that gives her all the technical skills and the information necessary to become a a vet tech or maybe even a veterinarian. I know in some cases, uh, like in some of the computer programming stuff, you know, you can do it through the traditional college route, but also if you have a proclivity for it and you, and you, you are good at it and you enjoy it, you can jump to just do rocket courses or whatever that just give you the certification you need. And then you can uh, jump straight to it and don't even have to go through the whole four-year rigmarole in college. That's an even better deal. Exactly. So I went to college for three and a half years, and I have four college degrees. And um, I told all my kids, you know what, it's, it's, unless you're going to do something like be a doctor or 
something that really actually requires a degree, don't do it. So my oldest is a computer tech, Tech 3, and he earned his certifications through the company he worked for and working on his own um, online to earn those certifications. Um, my second son is a journeyman with the carpenters, and he got training on the job, had to put in his years of apprenticeship, but he's a journeyman and he's 22 years old. Jeez. And my 20-year-old is a crew boss for a local company and uh, getting lots of exposure and experience. And I have no doubt he'll be doing something just as incredible as everybody else because he already is. Right. Well, and none of them have gone to college. They've given it a try, but none of them have said, you know, this is the thing for me. They'd rather have on-the-job training while they're getting paid. Right. Well, I, I got to say, a mom who goes to college for three and a half years and comes out with four degrees, I think somebody's motivated. Uh, obviously, you got overachievers in your family. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, Melissa, I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, thanks for sounding off this morning. I appreciate you being part of it. All right. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I had another line and it just, just dropped off. Uh, okay, uh, phone lines are open if you guys want to sound off on any of this. I'd love to see it. But, I mean, she's right. You don't have to, you don't have to, um, you know, send your kids to the brick-and-mortar school uh, because that's the only way they're going to be able to... Uh, that's the only way they're going to be able to get, you know, the socialization or the um, or the exposure or the, you know, athletics or anything else. There are plenty of opportunities out there uh, for kids to be able to do all the things that they need to do. Uh, you don't just and that's that's what kills me more than anything else is the fact that many people, uh, their reaction is, well, if you don't give them to school, they won't get any of those things. Not they don't have these folks are not thinking outside the box, right? They're not taking that opportunity to go, maybe I could do something different because that's not what they've been taught. They've been taught that the the only answer is the is the brick and mortar government school. That's the answer to everything. I just want people to think a little bit outside that box. Let's go back over to the phones. One final phone call here this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Rattles up in Pleasant Valley. Hey, Rattles, what's on your mind? Well, all my children all been homeschooled. I had four of them. And um, my oldest son, he can build you a computer. <laughs> he's also, he's really good at doing veterinarian work, right? And he also takes apart huge equipment, the biggest excavators and dozers and stuff, and reassembles them out at mining claims, right? And my younger, my my oldest daughter, you know, quite a long time already, she already owned a fourplex in, in Fairbanks. When, you know, and my my younger son, he has his own big business going, he, he's a timberman, and he has all kinds of equipment. I mean, these, my children far surpassed any of the children that went to the Two Rivers School out here, I want to tell you, or North Pole. They far surpassed any of them. Yeah. Well, again, giving them those opportunities and encouraging them to do and explore for themselves, that's uh, that's the way to be, Rattles. And uh, it sounds like... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. My youngest son there, he's a mechanic and a half. I want to tell you, he can, he can build you anything if it's automotive. Yeah. 
Well, that's good stuff. Rattles, thank you so much for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. There are opportunities, folks. Um, you just, again, you need to think. You just need to think outside the box. That's what it's all about, uh, which is something that many people just don't seem to be able to do today. Critical thinking, accurate thought. It's good stuff. All right. <clears throat> well, I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> just trying to get. Dang. Dang. What a day. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Brad Keithley, Chris Story. They'll be joining us to do the weekly top three. And uh, we'll see where we go from here. Uh, oh, and the PMA with Chris Story. Good stuff. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget, you can always drop me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. And don't forget, if you want to participate every morning in the chat rooms, you can go to Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, any of those things. I'd love to see you out there as well. Folks, be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, folks, I got to go. I'm. It's a day. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Going to go drink some vitamin C and whiskey. I mean, uh, just vitamin C. Have a good one. The Michael Duke Show. terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show